Hello and welcome to the Stadio de Luz. Going to get a Hungarian point of view now. I'm going to pass the microphone to Thomas Mortimer. Uh, Tom, before we get your thoughts on Hungary, I'd just like to ask you, as a non-Portugal supporter, uh, this partnership between Cristiano Ronaldo and Andre Silva is exciting a lot of people in Portugal. Uh, seeing it firsthand, uh, working very smoothly. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't really know that much about Andre Silva, but he was fantastic tonight. That touch for the Ronaldo goal was just beautiful. And obviously, if they continue to blossom like they are, then there could be a real threat in the World Cup in two years because I'm sure they'll get through the group. OK. And uh, I have to say, Thomas, uh, we were, as we were watching the game, like I say, the first 30 minutes quite evenly contested. I was really struck by how confident Hungary were playing the ball around. Uh, you know, it didn't seem overawed at all. Uh, Portugal were really... Uh, you know, struggling to find a breakthrough. Uh, do you think that's kind of a reflection of how Hungary have been playing lately? Would you say they've made progress or built on what they did at Euro 2016? I think technically they are very good. They've got a lot of good players, even Kalmar who came on technically is quite good, but tactically I think they don't really know where, where to play the right passes and obviously they, they were great at getting out of trouble tonight, but in the final third there was nothing that they created. Nice little bits of play, but in in the wrong areas, really, and we just weren't a threat all night. I mean, I feel a bit disappointed, but I need to remember that we've just played against the European champions, and we have been outclassed. Um, but obviously, we're hungry, so it's, it's, it was a diff it was going to be a difficult night to begin with, and obviously, Portugal were fantastic tonight. I thought. Okay, uh, Tiago, I'm just going to ask you for one or two of the individual standouts. Uh, of course, Ronaldo, really superb tonight, wasn't he, from start to finish. Uh, who else impressed you uh, individually? Well, it's tough not to mention Ronaldo, Andrea Silva, the usual. The usual that's becoming our, our main partnership and our main source of goals, which is brilliant because we don't have to go around tying everybody anymore, or apparently so. And we don't, we're not so reliant on Ronaldo anymore. Do you think that's yeah. true? Yeah, a bit. And Quaresma got going a little bit late, but once he did, he did well. Andrea Gomez said. A decent match for his standards, still uh, still not worthy of a start in my eyes, but maybe that's me being myself, apologies. Okay, how and about then the William doing yeah, very well. Exactly, I was just going to ask you about that. I Before the match, uh, I tweeted my prospective lineup. I put, had William in there and got a, a, a whole load of people, not only Porto supporters, I have to say, who thought that Danilo was more worthy of a start. But, uh, yeah, think, I've, what, what I, feel, I felt the same way because. I felt the same way as you in the sense of expecting William in the starting eleven. Still, I, obviously Danilo is having a better season and everyone can see that and everyone knows the qualities of Danilo and there's no, they're undeniable. But the situation is, for these matches where you have a lot of possession, where you're going to dominate a lot of the ball and you need someone to play the ball around, to pink passes, William's always going to be that guy because William on the ball is so superior to Danilo in my eyes. Obviously for a match, for example, against Switzerland where we lost... And obviously, some a lot of people untested William. Perhaps Daniel could have started there and should have. But for these types of matches, Daniel, William had a fantastic match today. But uh, whether he had or not, I still feel like he's the ideal guy. He's the ideal DM for these types of matches, yeah. Okay, you might be able to just hear in the background there the Hungary supporters still, uh, you know, making their voices heard. Uh, really excellent vocal support from the visiting fans all the way through. Uh, just to finish up, I'd like to ask uh, Tom uh, generally, uh, what did you think of your experience of watching uh, international football in the Portuguese capital, Tom? It was beautiful. It was buzzing from start to finish. The anthem was just amazing, to be honest. 
it, it was just yeah it was a great experience and I'm sure the players probably think exactly the same a lot of these players want to have experienced such a night like this it's such a massive stadium so yeah it was a great night and um, hopefully our players can pick themselves up and uh, finish third in the group because I think uh, hopefully a win over Switzerland will do and maybe a win over Portugal in, later in the group as well <laughs> Okay, thank you, Thomas. Yes, we'd certainly appreciate it a lot if uh, you did manage to get the win over Switzerland, please. <laughs> not, maybe not over Portugal. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Hungarian International, the fifth Hungarian football podcast. On today's show, we're going to review Hungary versus Portugal, the 3-0 loss in Lisbon. We've got Gurga Lovrentjic and Peter Galacci. Peter Galacci speaks first because I didn't actually introduce them. And they're going to talk about the game as well. I spoke to them in Lisbon straight after the game. Um, and also we're going to talk about MB1 and the Magyar Cup. Let's get straight into it. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Chris Barrett. Hi, Tom. Good to be back again. Yeah, good to have you. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about Hungary versus Portugal. Um, we started in a 3-4-3. It was a bit different. Uh, we had Vinicius who started, played his first game. Oh, I thought he did really well actually. Uh, Long played to the right of him. Kardar played to the left. On the left wing back we had Korhut who was a bit of a doubt before the game, but he made it. Uh, and Besha, who I think that was his, I think it was his first competitive start. Um, actually, actually played against the Faroe Islands. Um, and then Kyrchko on the left, Jujak on the right. Uh, Adam Nodge and Gira played in front of the back three and then Zolai played as an isolated striker up front and what I thought, I don't know what you thought Chris but I thought that Zolai was just so isolated because of playing two deep midfielders and then you had obviously Gertrude on the left playing quite wide Jujak on the right but at times we had sort of a back seven because because Gertrude and Jujak were following their the fullbacks back so every time we won the ball, we and we did quite well at winning the ball. We we moved out of the um, out of pressure quite well, but every time we played it up front, Zolai was completely isolated. And Zolai, he has his qualities. Um, I know people slate him, but I think he has his qualities. He he's not a man to beat a man. He's not a guy who's going to do it all on himself. And that's kind of what he had to do. Like there was times where he was turning. And he was running at defenders, trying to like weave his way through. And his and Zolai is just not that kind of player. And that's what he was that because he was so isolated, because we were playing this new system without a number ten, without someone who got up and supported him, he was completely isolated. And I think I don't know what did you think, Chris? Did you think that this formation suited Hungary? No, I mean, I, I think it was a different formation than they had the first time they played when they drew three three. But I think that was you know, both teams really trying to patch and, uh, you know, <laughs> switch with a bunch of injured players and tired players and all that. And I think, I think that's really what helped Hungary back in the Euros. But this one, yeah, there, there was a, a huge gap in the center. Um, Zalai had to um, hold up the ball. That's what he really needed to do to, to let the, the rest of the team catch up. And turning into pressure, um, you know, like you said, trying to, to skip past a couple of people, that's, that, that was just never going to work. Even if he did, um, you know, I, I just really never saw him getting a shot away. And in fact, we never really saw a shot from anybody until late on. Yeah, I think there was only one shot on target. And I can remember it because it was an absolute... It, well, it was from Jujak, who was about 40 yards out on the half volley. That was the only shot on target. It was it was an impressive shot. And if... if, if it um, was, actually. 
Yeah, if, if Patricio was at all out of position, that, that would have been a beautiful goal. But um, no, it was it was, you know, it was it was a fairly easy save. But yeah, that, I think that was frustrating. I, I don't think especially, you know, Stork saying that, you know, he wanted the team to press and really to kind of take the game and not sit back. And I think they did well in, say, the first quarter hour. I, I, I really feel like they, they held possession well. They looked pretty organized. But you know, nothing was coming. Those 15 minutes went by in a hurry. And then, um, you know, it, 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 it just wasn't going to happen for them in that in that formation. And uh, as things began to fall apart, um, people seemed out of position. Things got disorganized. And, you know, we all saw what happened from there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a uh, interview with Gulacci and Lovrencic. We're going to play that now. They both talk about the 353, uh, the 343, sorry. Um, so we'll just hear what they say. Um, how did you feel the game went? Yeah, I think we started actually quite good. We kept the ball quite well, and uh, yeah, that was our plan to build up from the back and uh, try to yeah, control the game as much as it was possible. Until one 0 we did quite well, I think, and then of course with the quality what they have, it's enough a little space, a little time, and uh, they punish us and. Three occasions. Was it different playing behind a back three more than a back two? Yeah, I'm not saying no. We we practiced it all week, so it wasn't a big difference. We tried to make it more compact in the in the middle. I think it, it worked quite well in the first half, and of course we changed a little bit more offensive to the second. What about Paolo's debut? What do you think of that? I think he did, he did really well. He was calm with the ball, good in the tackles, and. Uh, yeah, I think he's an interesting player. Is it a bit different because he doesn't speak Hungarian? Do you have to speak to him in English? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes it a bit more difficult, of course, but I think we we, we managed to, to, to keep our organisation and, and he, he did well and uh, yeah, he will learn to, to play with us. It's not a problem. I think the language is not a problem. And uh, yeah, it's, he's a, he's, he has great potential. First 30 minutes, especially, and we uh, were very good. They looked well in the game. They looked confident uh, at that stage. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? Do you think uh, you could get some, some points? Uh, yes, we changed the system the first uh, half. Like we played with five defenders, and uh, it was a new system for us because always we played four, two, three, one, and uh, we haven't got too much time to, to prepare for this system and. Uh, and that's why it was for everybody was getting old. And uh, you know, Portugal is like much better team normally on the paper, and they are the European champion. So this, the first goal was a great action from them. It's a quality action. They scored a goal, and after I, I felt uh, like on the bench, like something happened. Because this goal, if we don't receive in the first half, uh, I think. Uh, we don't lose 3-0. Uh, after we changed our system, uh, like uh, to the normal system, and, and uh, we played better. Yeah, they scored after the free kick. Ronaldo is Ronaldo. Everybody know him. Um, and uh, we we had a few chances in the second half. I think we played better in the second half. But 3-0 is like. Like normal, I can say this. They played at home, yeah. And uh, we have to concentrate to the next match against uh, Andorra. We play 
the way. Uh, we didn't play uh, so bad, so we played uh, well a lot of times. So we have to think about that and we have to concentrate against Andorra. Yeah, especially the game against Switzerland. Hungary, I think, were very unlucky to use that game. They could have actually won. Do you st are you still confident that you have a chance of getting at least second? I think yes. If we if we say now after this match we don't have chance, it's better if we don't play the last uh, few matches. We have to play now uh, forward. We have to take. We have to win every matches, and uh, after we will see what's happening. We will play again Portugal at home. Yeah. We will play against Switzerland. So Switzerland wasn't much better than us. Mm. So I have. I think uh, we have a chance. You played uh, Switzerland, like I said, you played Portugal now, two teams at the first and second position. In your opinion, which is the strongest side? I think Portugal is strongest than, uh, than Switzerland, but uh, Switzerland is a team, I can say this. They play like a team. Portugal has uh, a lot of quality players and sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, they try to make the individual actions. Like, okay, Ronaldo can beat everybody, uh, Quaresma or, or uh, Nani. They have very, very fantastic players, uh, but I think Portugal is better. Yeah. Gerga, you said about you playing a new system. Like, when were you actually told that you're going to play this five at the back? Uh, we know this when the, when the players who play abroad they come, they came. Uh, we had uh, we play in Hungary. We had one more week to prepare the, to this match, and we knew this. Uh, but then uh, for was a new little bit, so we had five or six days to prepare that uh, and you saw like the first 30 minutes it was like okay uh, we played well but uh, after the two goal what Portugal scored uh, we was a little bit on the ground but after we woke up and uh, we changed the system and we played better uh, but we have to concentrate about that like we, we when we played better uh, like how I can say to you, like, we have to concentrate this week, we have to forget how we receive the goals, we have to look the positive things only because uh, because I think we have a chance still, so uh, we have to be positive. Chris, how much do you think that Hungary missed Kleinheiser? Obviously, Kleinheiser would have been playing the number 10 position. How much do you think he was missed today, uh, uh, on Saturday? Well, you know, and I think I think it's it's fairly certain that we missed somebody to hold up the ball, somebody that could slot a little bit deeper and um, and really see the attacking third. And and you know, it's going to be nice to have him back. Obviously, um, yeah, he he was a big miss. Um, I don't think he's impressed uh, for for Frank Vaz since he's gotten there, but I think he's he's beginning to come in domestically. But internationally, I think he's he's vital for the team and. Um, you know, uh, I, I think it would have been a, a huge bonus. Would that have changed the scoreline? I don't think so, um, but I, I, it might have might have uh, made them a little more a little more dangerous, at least in that opening half hour. And maybe they could have gotten one. Who knows? Yeah, I yeah, think I think that's it. that's it. And I think, like you say, Hungary would have definitely been more dangerous if he was there. But I think maybe maybe just sticking to the four two three one. Lovrencic just mentioned it. That's kind of what they were used to. They're used to the four-two-three-one. That's been, that's what they've been playing under Stork since he got there. So I think to switch to a five at the back was such was such a risk. And in a game that we needed to win, 
you needed needed not to lose. I think, I, I, and I, I guess, I guess maybe you could probably say it's a bit of a free game because we're playing against the European champions away from home. We'll try it here. We'll try the three four three here. See if it works. But I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just hard. And I would have said even if Shalai uh, played behind Roland Shalai played behind Zalai, I think maybe we'd have had a bit of more balance, had a bit more familiarity and we could have maybe threatened a bit more because, I mean, like you say, the first half an hour was actually quite decent. Ronaldo had that chance in between before he, before um, Gomez scored his first where, from that header. But apart from that, Hungary actually looked quite good. They, they moved the ball quite well, but we never got in behind them. I don't think we got in behind Portugal in the whole game. And we just... Yeah, we didn't even have an opportunity. I think Zola had that shot, which he blazed about 20 yards over. But, I mean, it had to have been, been Marco Van Basten to have scored that one. And with all respect to Adam Zola, he's not Marco Van Basten. Um, so, I, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was weird from Stork. Stork comes up with these weird things. And often, more often than not, they come off. But I don't know. I was, I was just a bit disappointed. But but obviously Portugal are a fantastic team. What did you think to them? Oh well, first of all, just going back to the, that number ten role, I think in the game uh, back in the summer um, was was it Alec that played that role? Because I mean, I know um, uh, Kleinheisler wasn't in that one um, injured. I think. Yeah, I think he might have just been rested because he was or uh, Hungary already through at that point. Right, right, right. So I think you know they they but they they didn't play very defensively there. Again, it was more of a neutral. Um, but, you know, like we said, their free game was the Faroe Islands draw. I'm sorry. That, that was ridiculous. And, and, and so, so really, there are no free games. And you're right. It was a tough game. Nobody really expected much. But I, I felt like they needed to have a little more of an attacking mindset in terms of, of how they lined up versus, um, you know, playing a uh, five in the back, like you said, and then just saying, we're going we're gonna to push forward. You're really setting up your team for failure. At that point, one of the things I mentioned also in in our in the first um, podcast was when we talked about the international team defensively. I just feel like that's still our biggest weakness. I, I love the fact that Vinicius got in there and uh, you're starting for the first time for the country, and he did. He played very well. But that first goal that uh, that um, who was it? Guerrero, I think that uh, yeah, picked out Silva back, the back yeah. post. I saw three defenders watch that ball go right past them, yeah. including including Galassi, and and you know, it, and he just tapped it in. That was awful, yeah. <laughs> you know. And it's that kind of. And again, it, it was well played, um, you know. And then the two Ronaldo goals were just sick, um, mm. you know. To be fair, I feel like Galassi might have been able to stop that one from the back heel. I think that was about a twenty-five yard shot. Yeah, but it was it was probably through some traffic, and it was hard. But I mean. The, Again, world-class player, world-class shots. You're not going to stop that. I think that first goal could have been defended against better. Um, and I, I think I think I think Portugal had a good strategy going in. They seemed a lot more composed, a lot more aware of themselves and assured of themselves. And you know, they 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 let Hungary have a little of that possession. They worked in their possession, and uh, once they got the upper hand, it was it was over. I mean, again, it was talent uh, at that point. Just overwhelming uh, a hard-working team you know and I think Hungary worked hard but they were labored and like you said they ne we never got behind Portugal and you're not going to score um, from 35 yards out yeah. um, you know like that so that that's my thought on that yeah and I think 
I, I don't think we've really touched on Juju apart from that shot that he had. To me, he looked a bit laboured. He looked a bit tired. He, he, there was a couple of times where he had a chance to kind of sprint away from the defence. I, I can remember one time, especially in the first half, and he kind of... I don't, I don't know if it's because he's playing in UAE and it's an easier league that he can kind of play at half pace and still be the best player on the pitch. Yesterday, he kind of just... Uh, on Saturday, sorry. He kind of just... I don't know, just looked off the pace. And, and, and that's such a disappointment from our star player, the, the player who you kind of want to be fantastic on this day. He actually worked quite hard and defensively he worked quite hard as well. But going forward, there was just nothing to him. And I think... And also, Adam Nodge... He had too much responsibility in that game. Like, you, you could see he was breaking into the opposition box, but you want Adam Nodge in front of your back four because defensively he's absolutely fantastic. But he was having to do the Kante role and then the Kleinheiser role. Not, he was doing kind of, he was having to do kind of both. Like, he was a box to box midfielder in that game. And I don't know, I think he just used him in a bad way. I, I, I guess I'm being a bit over, over critical here. We're playing against Portugal, who are the European champions, but I don't know. Just tactically, it was it was just it was just not there for me. And I think for a big game like this, you've got to go with familiarity. And I think if it would, if we'd have picked the four two three one, it'd have been it'd been probably better. And Lovrencic said it. He, he he he. I think he would have wanted to go for that himself. And I think a lot of the players probably would as well. It's it, it's just a bit of a risk. Um, do you know? You just spoke on Vinicius. How did you think he went? How do you think his debut went? Well, as I mentioned, I think it was good. You know, it's it's the first time playing for the country, first time being in the camp. Um, you know, he knows. Uh, I think he's the only Videoton player. I think. Uh, I guess is Fila on there? Was he? Yeah, was but he, he got injured. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, but I mean, he he knows some of the guys obviously playing in MB1 and um, um, you know, but um, I think for a debut, I think he he did he did fine. I I, I don't. I don't know if um, you know as a unit that defensive team could have been a whole lot better. Um, um, I mean, I guess who, who did he replace? That would be my question. Was it was it Gushmich? Was it? Yeah, I guess it would be Gushmich. But if you're playing a four, if you're playing a three at the back, then I guess Gushmich has probably never played in a three at the back for Hungary either. Right. True. But uh, but you you know you're. I, th- I think you said it. He he did. He played a. He played fairly well for for a debut, and and I'm hoping he continues to have um, you know a few more opportunities back there. I like him. Um, I think he's good domestically, and I think um, you know he'll he'll fit into that system. But they need, I think they need someone like him because uh, he's he's strong. He's got good awareness, um, and um, yeah, I, I'm with you though. I, I don't I don't want to see that uh, five in the back anymore. Um, Nodge seemed um, like a split personality. Um, it was hard for the wingbacks to know whether they were supposed to push up or stay back. And, and really towards the end, I think everyone was just kind of playing by the ball. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just difficult, I think, to watch it. You know, as we talked about that second half, it just it seemed like it was already over. And, and watching another 45 minutes of them getting shelled was, was hard. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, the, the, the three at the back, the five at the back is kind of the in vogue formation at the moment. Everyone's playing it. Chelsea are playing it really well. Even Barcelona have started playing it on occasion now. Um, but your wing-backs have to be good. And I think Hungary's wing-backs are probably the two worst players on the pitch. Besha doesn't often play. He doesn't even play that much for Le Havre in Ligue 2. Um, and Kohu is 29. He's only just moved out of MB1. He plays in Israel. He plays for the champions in Israel. But 
I, I don't think I'm being harsh in saying this. He's not that great. He's not that great a player. So and with a with the wing when with a play with you playing wing backs like that, they have to be up and down. And I don't think our two wing backs actually beat a man in the whole game. And they, I, I don't know if they were ever level with their penalty area at all. I don't know. Um, uh, I, I don't know. It just it kind of blows my mind that they were they played this formation. It's anyway, anyway. I need to get over my disappointment. I'm obviously <laughs> quite negative at it. Um, should we move on to MB1? We've got some games at the weekend. We're back with MB1. We had a um, we've had two weeks off. Actually, we've got Moggy Cup again tomorrow. Um, Mezakovich are playing. Who are they playing against? I can't remember. I've already forgotten. They are playing Zolnok, so they should win that one. Even though Mezakovich aren't in the great best form at the moment. No, and that's really um, uh, surprised me. There, there's a lot of. Um, um, uh, there's been a lot of change in their back four. Um, their keeper, um, um, oh, God, I'm going to kill myself here. He's um, oh yeah, uh, Dombo. Dombo. Yeah, Dombo. I mean, he, he's been. I, I'm I'm sorry. I hate to say this, but not been solid. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's nice. You know, and and they had. Um, uh, boy, I should have done my homework on this, but you know they they had. Um, um, Oh, come on, Chris. <laughs> well, you know, after the break, Dombo came in. Uh, come on, who's, who's their veteran keeper there? Tyvo. Thomas Tyvo. Right. Yeah. Tyvo was amazing at the end of the fall season where uh, I think he had about three or four clean sheets in a row. He had had maybe one conceded in four or five games. And then after the break, Dombo comes in. Um, and uh, what was that one game where he conceded five goals? Yeah, punch, um, punch. Yeah, it was it was just not a good, not a good. Um, uh, it's just it's just not been good for them. I, yeah, obviously I could see them getting past uh, lower level opposition in the cup, but um, you know I, I don't I don't really see them um, really improving until they get their back four situated and their and their keeper situated again. I guess I guess obviously with losing Pinter as the manager, it's had a massive a massive effect on them, which I guess you probably would have thought that was going to happen. And then we've got French Varos versus Devete Carr, which French Varos, I guess, should do the business there. Um, see any way for Devete Carr to get through that? <laughs> I can't see anybody getting past uh, French Varos in, in the league, much less the cup. So mm-hmm. um, they, they've got such a deep squad, Tom, and you know that. And my, my big question at the beginning of the, of the spring was, are they going to come together? Well, my goodness. I mean, they've, they've come together and uh, have played very well, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think on both fronts they're going to be fine. Yeah, and I think how far away are they? The top they are. They are six points, six points off. I think. So, so obviously they're going to try and win the league, but this this cup is probably arguably their biggest opportunity to win a trophy with Vidyatana out of the competition as well, and Voschos are probably the best second. Um, obviously, Honved. Froddy knocked out Honved in the last round, so Voschos is probably the other good team left in it. All your pest as well, obviously. But um, you think that Froddy have got a great opportunity to win this, um, to win the competition, and then all your pest Voschos is the last game. Who, who do you fancy in that one? It's obviously, two <laughs> you, know, you, sh- you shouldn't be asking me that question. 
because I like I like Weepfest. Um, I don't know. That's kind of a coin toss. Um, you know, we, we were watching the um, uh, the the Vashas uh, Haudas game. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, last and, Thursday, I think. And um, they, uh, I think you you made the point of that 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 I think I think. I think teams are beginning to find them out a little bit to, to solve their mystery. And um, they looked uh, decidedly average that mm-hmm. game, um, you know, with Haldas, who haven't been stellar at all this year, uh, really kind of picking them apart. And maybe that was, you know, David Williams uh, kind of coming back into form a little bit. That mm-hmm. was pretty impressive. But, you know, I, I think I think Vashas are, are um, uh, a team that uh, did well over the break. I feel like they kept their – their, their team together. I feel like adding uh, Gal, uh, you know, kind of at the death there was going to be a, a good move for them, but just haven't seen that form from, from last year, from, from the first half of the season. And uh, I don't know. I think, I think we might be able to, to nip that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause obviously before the Holodosh game that they lost to Ante Carr as well. And it was kind of similar sort of uh, Ante Carr just sat deep like Holodosh did invited Voshosh to come on to them and Voshosh couldn't break them down in either game so yeah it's, it, that that one is going to be a really good game that's on M4 on uh, on Wednesday night as well um, obviously we've got MB1 back on at the weekend let's have a look at the standout games and there who, who have we got what's, what's the big one um, Honvade versus Froddy isn't it on Saturday yeah that'll be that'll be a cracker I'm sure um... that's going to be a big one for Honvade because they're three points behind Videoton at the moment, and I guess I guess they're going to have to win it because you'd, you you don't really see Videoton slipping up much anymore. They've got Poch away, and Poch, as you as you obviously know, that they're in great form at home. They're unbeatable almost at home, um, so that would be tough for for Vidi. But you can't see them slipping up that much with that with uh, only ten games to go in in the league. So if Hanve don't win. They're probably out of the title race, really. Um, and Froddy obviously have to win to be in the title race. How do you see that one going? Well, I mean, they've already beaten Hanved in the cup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, they they in terms of form, um, I just I don't know. Like I said, I can't see anybody beating them right now. Um, uh, it was uh, it was there was a one-one draw. I think they the, uh, Hanved just just drew Wepesh last time out. Um, you know, they, 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 they lost to video 10. I think that was their big game, um, to kind of signal their intent. And, uh, they lost away to video 10, um, back in early March, uh, and then coming back and, and, and drawing at, at Weepesh, I think was, was hard for them. So then you've got Friday who are just looking so good, you know, after, um, uh, the game against, against video 10, um, and then beating uh, beating Hanved in the cup, and then taking care of Weepesh, and then obviously Aladas three one. They're the informed team. They look like they're coming together, and um, I, I I see them nipping that one. Um, as you mentioned, Pax also Kali. They I don't know what's happened to them. Um, uh, I don't know. Look at their form. Three. I, four, well, look at the goals. The and look at the goals they've scored. I mean, they've they've scored eight, nine, ten goals in their last three games. Um, you said they were virtually unbeatable at home. They have not lost a game at home all season. Um, who are they? Uh, you know, they've risen to fifth. Um, you know, they're knocking on the door of, of Friday. No, not maybe not, but you know, I mean, it's it's that kind of um, uh, thing that I think really makes this league exciting is watching a team like that. And, 
I mean, they were grinding out what zero zero one ones mm. all year, and then all of a sudden, you know, and everyone's scoring. It's not one person, I don't think. You no, know, no. I mean, before the winter break, they were actually well. There was a chance that they could go down. Really, like they weren't at all clear of the bottom bottom two, and but now they are twelve points clear, which is incredible. And Poch, for people that don't know, Poch are a team who never. Uh, they only play Mogiars, they only play Hungarian players and their togetherness is just it's just fantastic. They've got some decent players like Barta and uh, yeah, Barta's good. Uh Janos Han um is good forward. I think he's got five goals this year. Uh Thomas Koltai. Kol- Koltai, yeah, yeah. Uh Kulchar's decent as well. Horoshti's decent little player. But yeah, you know what yeah. they, they they did do well towards the end of that second half. They they won their last two games going in, into the holidays and uh I think it was kind of well, you know, but they beat Vasha, so that was the thing, and 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 it was well, maybe it was just Vasha, so, you know, they 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 already got one foot into the holidays or whatever. But my goodness, it's they they really have been kind of the talk of, at least in you know, in, in my Hungarian circles, they've been the talk of, <laughs> of the league so far, which has been fun to watch. It's a shame they're not in the Magyar Cup because they could have probably given that a really good go. It's kind of a shame that. They're so far, well, I know they're only five points off the European places, but it'd have been a nice, with this form that they're in, to have a bit of a go at the Mogyar Copper. Um, Diozjor, they're really struggling, aren't they? Do you, do you see any way back for them? Do you think they'll actually stay up? Do you think there's any chance of them staying up? I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's too little, too late. Um, you know, Bodak coming in um, from Sweden, um, and, you know, he's really picking up a mess. Uh, you know, they, they lost their captain, Um and uh, I, I don't know, uh, Tom. I mean, I just from from really just from the they, they they just do not seem organized. They do not seem confident. Um, you know, they've just had a rough go of things. And obviously, uh, one of two things will happen in a in a manager change is they'll either you know pull their pull their pants up and, and start playing like big boys, or they're going to fall apart. Well, you know, they've lost four on the trot. I think they scored two goals in those games. Um, <laughs> They just, they, just, they just don't look good. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't see them um, really coming back, honestly. In fact, uh, you know, Gearmont might actually uh, overtake them. I was thinking exactly the same. If if you look at the goal difference in the league, the Bretson, who are in 10th, one position above Diosjaw, their goal difference is minus 6. Diosjaw's is minus 21. They've conceded 47 goals which is 12 more than anyone else in the in the division. And we've only played 23 games. It's just it's just abysmal. And and they had a quite a good team in the first half of the season. Bognar, who was in great form at the start of the season, they've lost him. Alec, who is their standout player, lost him. So there's, I can't see there's any way back. And like you say, Guillermot, who are grinding out draws, maybe not wins, but they're grinding out draws. They actually might be able to catch them, really. I think that's what Dior's jaw maybe should be looking at, trying not to finish bottom. Um, anything else to pick up? Um, I think that's about it, really, isn't it? Holodosh Mezokovez is a game, but that's <clears throat> there's not really much riding on that. It's whoever's going to finish sixth out of them two, probably. Um, yeah, that's about it. Ente Car. Yeah, I mean, they're probably safe, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I really thought that maybe they they would have been a team that might have struggled a little bit more, but um, you know they they've really come on recently, and it's been 
I think good for for MTK supporters. Obviously, I mean they've won two of the last three. Um, you know, yeah, like you mentioned, beating Vashas was big at home. They're good at home. I mean, they're 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 not a bad team, um, uh, but they just hadn't been getting the results. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, but anyways, yeah, obviously they picked up three against uh, Diaskor. So, it, it, you know, who's to say? Um, <laughs> it's it, I think it's going to be tough for those uh, those bottom uh, four to really kind of hash it out. Um, you know, if we haven't talked at all about, uh, Lino Pontes at, yeah, um, yeah. but, um, you know, that'll be a big game against Vasas, I think. Um, and, uh, if they can get anything out of that, um, I, I loved the fact that they, they responded, uh, in, in the game against, uh, Diascore when they won three nil, uh, I think they could have perhaps, um, gotten a better result against Pax, but, but nobody beats Pax at home. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, again, but they, it, it's 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 going to be interesting to watch both ends of the table, honestly, as as the we get to the business end here of the league. But um, but yeah, lots of good action this weekend. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, like you say, with the Bretson, they get that three 0 win over the Osjo, and then it just go back to square one again, where you, where you're losing. But obviously, you say to Poch, I think that I think if they lose to Vosh. Pontes could go. He got the vote of confidence, the dreaded vote of confidence. We've got f- full support of Lionel Pontes at the Bretson, uh, but I think I think with a bad result he could go. Uh, and he can't begrudge him. I think I counted four wins he's had since he took over in twenty games, and that's just not good enough for a team who have got great history and they're probably the best team. Well, they are certainly the best club since the turn of the century and. To see the Bretson tenth, anyone who looks into the league and and would probably think of their Bretson first. They've been in the Champions League not too long ago. They've been in the Europa League not too long ago, and people are going to look at the Bretson and be like, "What has happened to them? They're playing in a white elephant, twenty thousand seat stadium, and they're sitting tenth in the division below Poch, Mezakovic, and Haladash." Would Would you say it's it's it would almost be like like uh, like Liverpool maybe struggling? Yeah, I think I think it probably is that big. I mean. Even you could say Man United, because Debrecen should have, they should have loads of money. They've been in the Champions League, which brings fortunes for Hungarian clubs. They've been in the Europa League, which brings quite decent money for Hungarian clubs. And to be where they are now, I think it was, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it was 2009 or 2008 they were in the Champions League. So eight years later, nine years later, to be... Sitting where they are now, in with a chance of going down, it's just it's just awful management from top to bottom, and they they haven't got the worst squad in the world. They've got quality players like Terzier. They've got Felcher, who's an international for Venezuela. They've got Souk now. They shouldn't be where they are. It's, it, I think it's a disgrace. And if I was a Debrecen fan, I'd be absolutely fuming. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and you know, uh, honestly, too. Um... David Holman plays for them too, yeah, right? Yeah, and he was in the national squad in the national Right, national and so, national I mean, squad. you've got someone like him, and, and, and he hasn't really um, had the best <laughs> form. And I, I do think a good manager, um, again, all players, they should be responsible, but, I mean, a good manager brings out um, their best player's form also. Mm-hmm. And um, just we haven't seen much from him at all, you know? No. Um, and he kind of came with a little bit of a reputation. Apparently he was a really good coach back in Portugal, so... You, you, you expect more and I think obviously when these foreign managers come in you always expect them to be good Henning Berg's obviously done a great job Erning's done a great job at Voshosh 
and Rossi, well, if you look at the top four teams in the league, they're all foreign managers. Thomas Doll at Fradi, Erning at Varshaj, Marco Rossi at Hohenweid and Berger at Vidi. They're all foreign managers. And then you've got Debretsen, who obviously picked the wrong one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're never going to hit 100%. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, got that at the wrong side of the, of the lottery. But, um, yeah, and it was hard. I think we mentioned this, too. It was hard to see someone like Pinter leave, um, you know, to go to, to Pushkas. Um, but we'll see him again next next season i'm sure yeah that's going to be exciting i think it's going to be exciting to see how well they do because they've recruited well they obviously bought Prosser for an Honved. they've got some quality players tishler's doing well there um and they're five points i've just looked got the league up now they're five points clear of third um with a much better goal difference so i think they're gonna they're gonna be back and i think they'll be quite exciting under pinter next season they could they could push to the european places i think what's so great about our league is that there's 12 teams in the league and obviously we've got Guillermo this year who are, are by far and away the worst. But the rest of the teams, are, it's just so competitive. Every game is, any you can't really call them. You can't really call most games in our league because you've got someone like Potchum sitting mid-table and they're just unbeatable at home. So it's, it's a great league having 12 in there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and watching so many of these other, and I hate to say it, but just the smaller countries... Um, usually have one or two very strong teams that everyone's kind of playing catch up to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at Switzerland and you see FC Basel, and they're always running away. And you know, it, it's so difficult. But you're right. You know, this is this is a league that you can honestly sit down and watch any number of games on a on a Saturday, and anyone can win. And that's fun. That's really exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And there was a bit of an uproar when it got moved from 16 to 12, but the MLS have obviously done a great job and, and it's reaping rewards. Obviously, you touched on that point about Basel and having that one team who can go and just blitz the league. In a way, that's kind of good for the league because you've got a team like Basel, like Red Bull Salzburg in Austria, who go into Europe and they go far because they're so much better. Um, and obviously, that gets the coefficient points up. That's good for the league. But... It's kind of catch-22, isn't it? What do you want? You want a team that are going to steamroll the league and then do well in Europe? Or do you want a competitive league and then not do well in Europe? It's it's kind of, with the way football is at the moment, it's kind of, you either get one or the other, you don't get both. And that's why I think our teams are doing, have not done well in Europe in recent years because there's no standout team. If you see Voschos go into Europe next season, I can't see them doing well. Um, and... And it's been the same with other teams who've got in there. Poch were in there a few years ago. MT Carl were in there a few years ago. You see them just turn up and just go out straight away. Obviously, that's a different yeah. point. We'll come on to that, I'm sure. Yeah, the, no, I was going to say, that's, that's, that's a whole other discussion for a whole other <laughs> podcast. But, you know, you've got, you're, you're right. There, it's, there's a carrot stick mentality with the, with the you know, European spots. So you get a coefficient and you, and you get an extra UEFA uh, Europa League um, third qualification round spot is it worth it you know yeah um i guess i guess so there's there's some excitement playing in europe but you know how many times have we seen um teams from smaller nations doing well and getting past the group stages not not often you know no. um it's like when debretson were in there they lost every game so is that good it's like when debretson were in the in the league they lost every game so i don't know is that i guess it's quite good that they go to play against liverpool fiorentina leon but they get battered so yeah 
But I don't know. It's it, yeah. It's like you say. It's a different discussion for a different day. Um, well, thanks a lot for coming on, Chris. It's kind of a it's a ranty episode, I would say. Well, it was from me anyway on my hey, side. <laughs> unstructured, but fine. I hope listeners liked it. But you know, I think I think it's it's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got MB1 back. And we've not got international break for another. What is it? I can't do it. I can't do it. I think six months. I think September is the next time we've got international break. So, I hope you enjoyed the Hungary game at the weekend. Thanks again, Chris, and MB1's back. That's what makes everyone excited. We're not going to have a show for another. Three, four, four, four weeks, weeks now. now. So I'm going to go to America, America so I don't, I don't like MB1. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see Chris. No, I'm not really. I might turn up at Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Cheers for listening, guys. Thanks a lot. Stieber kapura törhet, eldölhet a mérkőzés, Stieber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól!